two, three, four. In this podcast, you will only hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader, includes but is not led to who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. They are divided For equal, sequel, hate, and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired And their time is up So here's the Knights of Vader Impressive Most impressive a big thank you to Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is May 30th, 2019. My name is Zach Weber, and I have the man who at this point should hopefully have a pork chalice, which he drinks from every night of Knights of Vader, Mr. Zenger. Oh, man, you, you honor me such, and, and maybe one day I will. I think we should do that. That's the next thing. That'll be another piece of Knights of Vader merchandise. We'll get like a pork chalice. Oh man, I'll I'll be the only one to own it. Yes, and I'll have a uh, B. Arthur one from the holiday special. Perfect, perfect. Or All right, B. Arthur one. <laughs> there better be a B. Arthur one. Talk about a wasted opportunity for merchandise. Get on that Disney. I want to have B. Arthur merchandise at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Forget actually. Uga-Buga. Actually, Ellie is currently in the process of reading an article about Galaxy's Edge out of the Costco book like magazine thing we randomly got today oh okay she wanted to make sure to point that out oh i thought, I thought the word star wars was a dirty word in the zanger household no star wars is fine knights of vader star <laughs> wars is fine if it is not being said during a podcast recorded zing this knights of vader is the word you don't say in our house <laughs> oh dear Okay, Zenger, I don't know. I guess everybody, I guess we should say that even though the title of this episode is A Jedi Fallen Order, this is kind of be a canceled. hodgepodge. That's the whole off. All right, folks, ignore everything I just said, or in, in <laughs> case I edited it out, uh, good luck figuring out this out of context, uh, non sequitur. All right, Zenger, you've been wanting to talk about it for weeks. I've been putting it off because there's been other more important, probably, uh, pertinent things to discuss. We don't this? have Jim here, so that, that's another problem. No, it's all right. Uh, he can always catch up later on. Anyway, though, what is it called? Scene two thirty seven. The, the the room in the, the the Overlook Hotel where weird stuff happens. You're awful. What's it called? Like two. Room, I'm two looking room. it up real quick just so I can be sure I'm getting it right. I'm calling it. I'm calling it scene two thirty seven. That's gonna be my scene two thirty seven. I think you're incorrect for some reason. No, I'm never incorrect on this podcast. As we've said in previous episodes, according to the thing I watched, it is scene thirty eight. Reimagine. All right, I was close. I was only off by like what? A few scenes. Hundred ninety nine. Hundred ninety nine scenes. Yes, I don't think there's that many scenes in any movie. (laughs) Maybe Endgame. Maybe that game. Maybe. Maybe if you put them both together. Maybe. 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 Just maybe. All right, maybe. Zanger. Do you want to explain to our audience what this is? Um, so this has been alluded to, I feel, a few times on some episodes. And I think it's finally going to get discussed now. There is a 
somebody went and did like a fan recut of the fight between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader, of course, in episode four, A New Hope, when they're on the Death Star and everything. And they do a lot of, you know, compute uh, this. This was done by somebody who wasn't like super high end, but was high end enough to do some really good stuff, I feel. And they basically recut it to where it 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 looks a lot more cleaned up than it, well it, it looks like if it if this scene were shot with the prequels in mind and i i kind of always ever since the prequels kind of had this joke in my imagination that they were flipping around and doing all this crazy stuff it's just they every time they went to it it always was cut away from like right before they they started or finished or started doing the flips, they cut away to a different scene. But it's just basically a reimagining of that fight, and it's pretty brutal. Where like the entire the entire like surrounding area is being destroyed. Like they're like force pushing each other. Like it makes the fight a lot more brutal looking. Yeah, it, it tries to make it more dynamic. Also, another thing I like, and even though this kind of goes against me, um. Me with my prequel, depending on the day of the week, hatred or enjoyment of it, um, it, it intercuts a lot of stuff from their fight. Like, like, like you hear like the voices of like them fighting before and like quotes and stuff, like playing over certain scenes. So it makes it more. It makes it to where if they were to do like a recut of New Hope again, this would be something interesting to have as a part of it. In that sense, but but I'm, I'm sure Zach's gonna poo-poo that immediately. So Zach, yeah. go ahead, begin to poo-poo. Oh yes, poo-poo. Oh, what's my other buzzword? I always say on this podcast: disenfranchise. Disenfranchise. No, like, like I, I think someone in the Facebook group, uh, Knights of Vader Facebook group, check it out. They, I posted it there, and I, I show up in a couple of places, like on like my Google homepage, is like buzz articles. I guess I type Star Wars enough into Google now that it knows what, what I should be looking at. And I watched it, and I, first and foremost, I just want to say it on the record, I, I as a technological feat or as like a fan project is definitely like is impressive. I'm not taking that away from it. It's very slick, is well produced, but. The thing that bothers me, and it kind of goes back to like uh, how it should have ended with the whole Last Jedi thing, where there's actual idiots out there that would have liked Rey and Luke Skywalker to play baseball with the laser bolts from the walkers. There are people out there that, honest to God, think this is how the like. Like, as weird as it may sound, considering how all everybody did was complain about the special editions during the 90s and 2000s with Jorge Lucas, it's amazing that if you look at the comments for this video on YouTube, every single one of the comments is like, yeah, they should re- they should edit this into the movie. And it's like, oh, no, people. No. For, for so many reasons, no. And that's the thing that kind of baffles me with this, is that people, for some reason... I, I, I like I think it's cool again it's a fan project but to actually think this should be like incorporated into the film I don't want to say it's heresy but uh it's maybe one or two steps away from that I I just like it because it's I mean does it fit in the movie with the rest of what's going on in the movie it would not at all even though they they, they do all the, the the one I'm watching has the edits where it shows like the actual like what's going on with like Luke and them. So it's kind of cool because it cuts back from them so you know exactly where it is. I don't know if like there's another cut where it's just straight this scene. 
But well, yeah, I'm watching it, it too right now. Yeah, no, like, like as, and editing too is very well done. That's like I'm not questioning that. It's the whole idea that like more is like everything else I do on this on this dumb podcast. It's the reaction from the fans that scares me more than anything else. It's that they're fine with this, but there's other stuff that's just too far. No, not not even that because like I, I think I mentioned in the Facebook group, but I'm going like, in my local town. They're showing um, the original trilogy on the big screen, and I for Father's Day I bought tickets for all three of them, and I've never seen Star Wars on the big on the big screen, the original three anyway. And I've been kind of wondering, like, what cut are they going to show? I know that there was some debate in the Facebook group, being like, "Oh, it's just give me the Blu-ray cut." I'm I'm, like, well, I'm going with the Blu-ray cut. Well, it depends. I don't, it's an old theater, so they might have. I'm, I'm, I hope it's like a. I know they've done a bunch of stuff. Like they do. They only do like movies every once in a while. Like they've done like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Really, like kind of like your more what would you call classics? Like they don't yeah. just sit there and do like crap. It's not like uh, I'm trying to think what's a crappy movie that's kind of like I, I, they don't do things kind of like disposable like, cinema, like The Mummy. <laughs> Which one? Like The Mummy. <laughs> Uh, 1999 was a fun year for movies, but no, <laughs> may not be the year I was talking about. May, may or may not have been. Yeah. Uh, the t- Tom Cruise mummy's worth watching too, folks. It's 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 goofy, but for a completely different reason than the the Brendan Fraser movies. Uh, but no, so like I've been wondering, like what cut are they going to show? Because if you know your different like edits of the original trilogy, there are so many different versions of those, even prior to the 97 mm-hmm. special editions. And There's the three isn't there. Like Lucas, the problem no. There's, there's like officially, there's like maybe three. But Lucas kept like messing with those films so many times. Every time those films got released, because back during again, I don't know how much people. Ten, okay, there. Sorry, Brad. There is a few more later where it's like minor touches. Well, even like back in the eight, like he he was playing with. Uh, Star Wars, the the first one, nineteen seventy seven. Even in like seventy nine, he was he was he was tweaking things about that. Like they were small. Like he wasn't like adding like new scenes or anything like that. Though, but like 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 the crawl speed was changed. Like he played with those films a lot. Like some of the more like like I don't even people know this about the Empire Strikes Back. Is there's like okay if everybody knows their scene from Empire Strikes Back, uh. Vader cuts off Luke's hand. We have the whole, no, I am your father. And Luke lets go of the railing and falls down. And well, it's interesting you make that comment because, or that remark is that in the original cut, Luke doesn't say anything. He just falls down until eventually he gets kind of sucked into one of the, where we want to call it portals or orifices. And that's that's the sequence. Or, <laughs> sure, and then Lucas re-edited it to include him screaming, going, ah! and then I think it was for the DVD or for the Blu-ray, he edited the scream out again. 1980, the original cut. Nineteen ninety seven, the special editions cut. Oh my god, like how much are you going to play with these films? And that's why, like going back to the thing I'm gonna be doing on Father's Day. 
I'm curious as to what cut of the film because there well, are. You can also get the whole thing where it's um, where it's him sitting there and Vader screams now when he picks up, um, Palpatine. Yeah. That which, again, yeah. that's what I mean. Like that's that's the weird thing about this is that like I don't know. Again, it all depends on what sort of projection system the theater has because if it's a digital projection then yeah it's going to it's oh i don't even know because the weird thing is that i don't think disney has ever officially wouldn't, released wouldn't those the, films um, since they've bought lucasfilm wouldn't those have been degraded too degraded by now though you mean like like what do you mean like the print like an actual print yeah well, it depends. Like you can, like, well, it, it depends if it's stored properly. No, like you have to make sure. Like if there's, I would imagine what probably is happening because obviously they wouldn't be able to show these without Disney's permission. So it depends on what kind of theater. So it, it, I, that's something I, you know, I want. When I bought my tickets. I wanted to ask, but I was afraid that a, I really didn't want to know. I want to be surprised and kind of figure it out as I'm watching the film. And then two, I'm pretty sure whoever I asked at the box office wouldn't be able to give me a clear, a clean cut answer. So it's like, what? Why bother asking if you're going with misinformation? But no, to to your first question is that it depends if it's stored properly. No film, they have films that were done back in the the, the 20s. As long as they were stored properly, in, in like in a dry, moisture free environment, maybe that's they can last forever. I thought I remember seeing something when they were doing like the um. Like on like the VHS copies I have, they they, they talk about how the like the the maybe well, the master wasn't stored correctly and that it had degraded over time or something. Well, and we're getting really far away now from uh, scene thirty eight, but there's and this okay. is all interesting as people continue to unsubscribe. <laughs> to get back to what you were asking about that, I know I have it somewhere. Uh, back in I think '95, Lucas released uh, a set of the original trilogy on VHS, which were I, edited slightly. Well, yeah, because he edited every version of them. I think about it, there's never been there's never been a version of of the original trilogy that's unedited, unless you went to the theater in 1977, 80, and 83. You have not seen uncut the, Star Wars. The the DVD copies I have aren't as edited. The ones that's, that are the that. That's a laser disc port, and that's its own. That's its own separate issue. Yes, they're they're not as tampered with. Because there, th- th- there's a scene or two where you can see like a string in the background. Yeah, oh no, like hold stuff up. They're the mo- okay. The laser disc. Oh, okay, let me refer. Okay, God, there's so so much context, so much to to explain this properly. Uh, good thing I'm the uh, connoisseur of context. And good the- thing I'm just egging you on at this point. No, I love this stuff. I love getting into the weeds of this because I've spent like years like like trying to f- discern all this. No, the version you're talking about was released in 2006. It was con- it was released with another release of the original trilogy on DVD in 2006. And these versions, the Laserdisc ports, are the only really official versions of the unaltered trilogy on DVD. And what they are is they're ports from the Laserdisc versions that Lucas produced, I want to say, either in the 80s or the early 90s, probably the late 80s, if I had to guess. And they really are kind of – they were not remastered. They're just straight up just a port. So the quality isn't great for more reasons than one. And those are – again, those are the really the only official versions of the unaltered films on DVD. Everything else is either a, like some it, – it's a fan restoration project – or something else of that ilk. Yeah, because there's the VHS ones that came out in the early 90s that he, they, they, they did a lot of touch-ups on to where there was stuff that was touched up. 
yeah and and fix and then and then right after that they did the special edition where we all know what happened with that and then the special editions have had like there's been yeah. like the first seminar on dvd then the blu-rays and i think that's i think there's one more somewhere floating around there too well, that's that's the weird thing with this is that like going back into what you were saying, the ones you talked about, the v- the last time, the uh, well unaltered in quotation marks because like we already said, he, he Lucas has messed with these films since they, every single time they, they've been released. But in 1995 was the last time he ever released the unaltered versions on VHS, and those are the ones that come with his interview with Leonard Maltin. Every every film begins with like a three minute interview with him and Leonard Malton about the specific film you're about to watch, and the Man. joke, and the joke I, with that. I want to get a VHS player now so I can watch that and just key in on, on Vintage Lucas. It's on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. Oh. They're all they're all there. Uh, yeah, that's right. I have the power of the internet. Fun fact about him and his Leonard Malton interview. He's I, eating was, Chinese food. <laughs> no, I can only hope he's eating Chinese food. But I remember there was once on Twitter. Leonard Malton said that that interview he did with Lucas was like like over an hour long. He said, I think he said it was an hour, an hour and a half long. And on those VHS tapes, they only include about I think five five to eight minutes before each film. And I think he said there's like over like a half an hour's worth of additional part of that interview that Lucas film never released. And he could never figure out why. He says it wasn't even like it was a bad interview. He says there was a lot of information there that even he didn't know as a film historian. Uh, Leonard Malton. But uh, that aside, though, the 95 versions are known as the Veiled Threat Edition because, like Zenger said, one of the versions came in a box set. And uh, I, I forget the exact wording, but it's really, really off-putting and foreboding language. Something along the lines of, like, this. enjoy this release of the unall... Uh, oh, God, I want to remember because it's real. Oh, God, it's so weird. The language he used or the the pr department it's like enjoy this final release of the unaltered trilogy in its original state and it was like this is weird language to include with this because at that point nobody knew the special editions were coming yeah or at least in the sense of the fans didn't know that lucas probably knew what he was doing by 95 but yeah that was like and that and that became the the veiled threat edition it was like okay something bad was coming just nobody knew what it was and nobody knew after that with the special editions that lucas was basically going to take the original non-special editions off the market for the foreseeable for, for the indefinite and foreseeable future and then even going to what you were saying with the different versions like you had the 95 Veiled edition, veiled threat edition. Ninety seven were the special editions. Two thousand four was the DVD versions, and then two thousand eleven was the Blu ray versions. And each time he released those films, he changed things about them each each and every time. Yes, and I think I, I've always wondered this, and I've not found any articles documenting it. But I could have swore he changed things. Even though this is not original trilogy oriented. I could have swore he changed things in the Phantom Menace 3D version. I could have swore I only saw that once, and I wanted. Oh, I know to go back he changed stuff in the um, in the Blu-ray version. Well, he changed no in the in the DVD from the DVD to the Blu-ray. He changed it. Yes. Well, I'm not even sure about that. He might have changed things even in the, in the DVD. I know he cha- he added one or two scenes. I know, like you said, in the Blu-ray, I know he added things to the Phantom Menace, but he might have done it as well to to a lesser extent in the DVD version. Because if you remember correctly, 
The Phantom Menace came out on home video in April of 2000, but I don't think the DVD came out until either later that year or 2001. The DVD did not come out for the Phantom Menace at the same time the VHS did, or if it did, it was either very it was a very bare bones. I gotta look into that because I know I know on the DVD for the special features for the Phantom Menace, he makes a big point of saying that like, oh, there's things we could do on this we couldn't do on the VHS release. And I found that really weird. Like, it was such an odd comment for him to make because I guess DVD special features were a novel concept to Jorge then. Anyways, getting back to the to scene thirty eight, <laughs> maybe. No, no, you go ahead. I still got a lot of stuff to rant about that with. No, I mean, like, like, like I said, it's, I I think it's really cool. Is it something that? I mean, I I, I think you're right because you're having me sitting here go. I feel like if I get too much into liking this, then then I am going to be one of those fanboys that that like. We need to take a step back, but uh, I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, I like it. I think it looks cool. It looks fun. It's something interesting. But uh, it wouldn't work in the movie the way the movie's done. It would just—it would seem like blatantly out of place, like beyond reason. Well, that, well, this is the weird thing though about people and modern audiences. And I remember this was this was God. When, when did that RoboCop remake came out? That came out like five years ago now. I remember when that came out, and I think it was Honest Trailers did like an Honest Trailer thing they did for like the original RoboCop. And if you looked at the comments for that video. All the comments were like from like twelve year olds being like, "This looks so lame. It's so fake looking." And the weird things that I think, like, again, it's never going to happen. But let's just say Lucasfilm decides, okay, we're going to do our own version of this and incorporate it into the film. I think a lot of people would not have a problem. Like, yes, the same people, the, the not my Star Wars people, the, the usual people who've been banging the drum over the prequels destroying Star Wars, the special editions destroying Star Wars, they, they will beat their drum just as loud as they normally do. But I think for the most part, most people wouldn't push back upon it. I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, it, 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 they would like it. And I think that's the scary part is that people don't realize that a sequence like that is not appropriate at that moment in the film. Like, I guess I don't mind as a novelty. It's cool. But as something that should be included in the film, it's like, no, absolutely not. See, I don't want to say I agree with you, but I I actually do really agree with you on that one. You you understand my perspective. I I I understand where I mean, it's cool to watch. It's cool to like, I guess headcanon know that that's the way it exists. But would it really work in that scene? Not really. No, because the thing that because this is another thing that I'm I'm kind of baffled by. It's There's the passing of, of the guard sort of thing, too. What do you what do you, what do you mean by that? It's, it's Obi, like, it, Obi-Wan's the, the old, old hero. Luke is the new hero, and it kind of takes away to show that Obi-Wan was that capable. Well, that's the weird thing, too. It's, it's a lot of what, like, your interpretation of all these characters are. Because there's this weird thing going on in Star Wars right now. And, I, and it ties into, like, what was going on during the hype for The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, 
is like if anybody was around for the the prequel, oh, not prequels, for the rumors about the Force Awakens, everybody was convinced that that Luke Skywalker was going to show up at the during the Star Killer base duel with Kylo Ren and save Ray and Finn. And it's like, would that have been cool? Yeah. But like what they wanted from Luke was basically doing what Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon do in the Phantom Mess. They want him flipping around. They want him twirling, leaping. They want him doing that. And it's like, folks, watching a 65-year-old Mark Hamill or a CGI Mark Hamill flail around is not entertaining. Never mind. It does not fit into what that character should be. Like if you want to see an old man CGI mannequin flop around, go watch Revenge of the Sith with Count Dooku. Like they 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 very crudely just painted Christopher Lee's face on a CGI double. If you want that, there it is. And it's so obvious that it's not Christopher Lee. But I think that's blatantly obvious. It really is. Like it, 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 you know what you're looking at. You can tell it's not a real person that's like hopping around. But clearly, like and then going to the Last Jedi. It's like people say, oh, that, that Kylo Ren, Luke Skywalker thing is a cop-out at the end. And it's like, why? Because you should be twirling around and flipping around. And it's like, oh, no, folks. Again, for the same aforementioned reasons about The Force Awakens, why that wouldn't work. For some reason, the Star Wars fan base just wants to see old Jedi characters hop around. Like, I don't get why that's a thing. But I guess that's what people want. And and that's and maybe we'll get into a little bit too if we run out of steam with this this thing though. But it's a weird thing in Star Wars now that we're kind of just it's like instant gratification with Star Wars. People want this, we're gonna give them that. People want that, we're gonna give them this. And it's like okay, I guess that's the the new buzzword with uh, Star Wars: instant gratification. But at the same time though, it's kind of like not the easiest thing. Sometimes isn't the best thing to do. But uh, I, I guess I'm a grandpa in that sense. I'm out of touch with the with the youngins. You're you're out of touch with the youth. I really am. It's like oh, okay, it's fine. I tell like I interact interact with some uh, elder like older people, senior citizens, like where I volunteer, and like they're all like for the most part like in their seventies and eighties. And I tell them like, yo, you're gonna be like, like you're kind of lucky to be dead in twenty years because like I have <laughs> at least another sixty years on this planet, and Lord knows even longer with medical advancements. I don't want to live that long. Like this, all this stuff, all this stuff about the global warming killing us in twelve years. It's like good. If I start, like, if I take up smoke and kind of make it come faster, it's <laughs> like we need to put an end to this. Like the sooner, the better. It's like enough. And I'm saying that from the perspective of a Star Wars fan. I forget about all the other problems the world has currently. <laughs> <sighs> no, I mean, uh, Star Wars. I, I I don't like to always get into the debate of how Star Wars can be a toxic fan fandom, but. It really is like we wanted so much to change, but then we got and we wanted more. We wanted stuff to change, and then we got it. And um, yeah, we weren't very happy with it, or people weren't happy with it in the end. But I don't know. Well, okay, let me give you some examples. I'm looking at the con- this. I found the main video. It has 6.4 million views. It's from a channel called FX It in Post, obviously. Special effects, fix it in post. And here are the top three comments that are upvoted. Number one with 8.7 thousand upvotes. Now imagine what these guys could have done with a Disney budget. Clearly, clearly you can infer from that. Imagine if real fans had the. Uh, imagine if Disney put money behind real fans. Clearly, Last Jedi. Real Jedi. sets, fake people. <laughs> 
Well, again, it's clearly a jab. Again, not my Star Wars. Not um, my Star Wars. Second most upvoted comment with 602 upvotes. Wow, that's a nice discrepancy there. 8.7 thousand to 602. Um, can you imagine how the moviegoers in 1977 would have reacted to a scene like this? People in the audience would have literally pissed or crapped their pants. Number two, or uh, pardon the pun, the, 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 the problem with that second ah. comment is uh, uh, people in the audience, this never would have happened in 1977 because A, you couldn't have done it because there's no technology, but let's just ignore that for the sake of the argument. And two, it wouldn't have been appropriate. It would have been jarring. Like it, it really would have been so like, think of all these movies that we look back at that really didn't click with their audiences the time they were made. And it's like, oh, wow, that was ahead of its time. That's what happens when you do things. If you make something that's so jarring that it doesn't fit in, it it, it doesn't work. There's, there's a lot of movies out there that just like that should have gotten recognition, but didn't because they're just they, they, they're not products of their times. It's either because the filmmaker was thinking too far ahead or audiences weren't ready for it. Think of something kind of like Marty McFly and Back to the Future. It's like, you might not like it, but your grandkids will love it. And or yeah. was this, Is it grandkids or kids that he says? I guess it's kids. Yeah, I, guess it's I, kids. I think it's kids. Yeah. And that's what it is, though. It's like, like this wouldn't have worked in 1977 for many reasons. And first and foremost, it wasn't applicable to what was happening in the sequence. Oh, uh, Old man Obi, old man Ben Kenobi doesn't do that. Darth Vader doesn't do that. Even what Vader does in Rogue One, it's a very much like Vader doesn't hop around and fling his lightsaber around. He literally has he's it's it's fish in a barrel. Yeah, that's what the ending of Rogue One is. He's very much in control of the situation the entire time, and it's just pure power over the situation is what he's doing. Exactly, and you can even look at it too under the lens of like Star Wars lore. Is that he's a Sith Lord feeding off the fear yeah. of the of these like dozen uh, fleet troopers, and and their fear and horror is feeding him, and it's just loud. And he's not really he's not moving. That again, that goes to the brilliance of the Rogue One hallway scene. Is that Vader's not even moving in that scene as if. Like unnaturally, like that's one of the best parts of that entire sequence is that every single time he flings that lightsaber, you can feel the weight. You can feel this kind of the inertia of his arms and how every single time that like and, I, and really words that it's most defined is like right at the end, right before kind of like the the door closes off and you see him. And it's just how he's moving. You can feel that every movement he makes is labored. There is there is weight and power in each stride he takes, and yet in this there's a weird sort of. Oh, you want to like a a fluffiness to all this in this scene reimagined thirty eight. Like it almost feels like these characters are more like specters or apparitions. They don't feel like there's no weight to them. And yes, that if, if like that first comment said, if these guys had a Disney budget, sure, I bet they could have kept refining it, refining it, refining it until it did look that way. But at the same time, though, even if you do refine it. At the end of the day, you, you really shouldn't get anything too far removed from what we got in 1977. Like, if Lucas wanted to do something like this, he could have done it. He could have done it in 2010. Like, if these guys can do it in 2019 in their backyard and garage, Lucas could have done it with probably $30 million in 2010. Easily. And uh, the third comment is... Uh, what the, or, I'm sorry, the third most upvoted comment with 374 upvotes is... Never underestimate the power of fans with money. This is platinum material. 
Which is what it is. I, I, that's the one comment I can agree with. It is, as a fan production, it is aces. It is very well done. Well, it's okay. Because, see, we, we got this. And then we also got the, the Star Wars, the one guy working on that, the, the Vader thing we already discussed. Yes, the Shards of the Past. Yeah, and now he's working on a new, he was working on episode two of that. So, I mean, is is this something else that we got to sit here and, and that like, but I mean, there, it's, we're, we're comparing apples to slightly different apples though, I feel. You mean this. like, you mean comparing it to a uh, shards of the past? Yeah, because compared to a fan film like that is that's completely taken out of the context of anything we've ever seen or experienced. This is right in the middle of something we've experienced, so it's hard to sort of do that comparison with those two. So I, I actually kind of retract back what I said. It's not an ideal comparison, but in the sense of like a Vader fan production versus another, I think they're going for two different things. One's trying to blend into a, a movie that was made 40 years ago, and the other one's trying to do its own thing, but kind of feel the same as what Disney's trying to do currently. I think, like you said, they're both trying to attempt something divorced from each other, and I think for the most part, both succeed. Like Vader Shards of the Past is is well done, and this is well done for what it is. Mm-hmm. But the, but I think the key aspect of this is the fan reaction. Nobody, yes, there are people looking at Vader shards of the past, but nobody's looking at that saying, oh, this is so much better than what we got in the ending of Rogue One. Whereas people are looking at scene 38 and being like, oh, this is so much better than we got in Star Wars 1977. I th- again, it's the fan reaction. Like, I know a lot of times I'm always ringing the bell on this podcast. Like, like I'm, I'm sitting, or what's the word? I'm being chicken little. It, and that's, and it's the fans. You ha- everybody forgets you have a brand new generation of fans that have grown up on Vader yelling no, throwing the Emperor into the chasm. You have a whole new generation of fans that have grown up on Star Wars being overly slick, and that's not again. I technically fall into that category with the prequels, but at the same time, though the prequels, as much as everybody likes to sit there dump on those films, even to this day. The prequels knew how to kind of look, uh, rein it in a little bit. Disney lives at everything dialed up to 11. And that's where I went. It's kind of like, look what they're doing with Galaxy. What was that thing we talked about? Galaxy of Adventures, the little anime where they're, re- they're retelling Star Wars. Oh, they, yeah. Remember that? That's what I'm afraid of. The same people who are saying that scene 38 is better. I'm never it's saying it's thing better. Got, I'm just saying it's a cool interpretation of what happened. Because you, okay, this is the wrong way to phrase this. You're going to make you, me angry. No, you don't like when I'm angry. No, no, no. But you know better. The problem is that the people do who I? are, yes, you do. You might okay. not think it, but you do. But the people who watch scene 38 and are like, this is how it should look are the same ones looking at RoboCop 1987 saying this looks fake. This looks goofy are the same ones that will, that will have grown up with something. God, eventually. A lot more of these things with like what the, the scene reimagined. Yeah. They've got like fun fact videos and stuff. That yeah. or galaxy adventures. Galaxy of Adventures. Oh, like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, I, I'm kids. just, I'm just looking. I'm like, wow, they've done a lot with this. Yeah, they've done some stuff with it. But like, if you go and look at some it's of those Star Wars, 
if you look at some of those Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures videos, like I, I know they've been kind of low key now for a while, but I think it was a couple of weeks ago, or not a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago. It's still one of those things, though, that if a kid stumbles across it, well, what's this? I'm, I, but like, I'm not uh, th- okay. Yes, yes. But this was a couple of months ago. There was a controversy where during one of these Galaxy of Adventure shorts, they retold, uh, funny enough, the escape from the Death Star with with Leia and and Luke running through the hallways. And at numerous times, they made Luke a complete buffoon. And Leia like punches him in the face at one point. And I know a lot of people, the same ones that are that create the petition for like Game of Thrones season eight to be redone. And the same ones that are like uh, I-, I want Disney's agenda out of my Star Wars. And when I say this stuff about Leia like punching Luke and Luke being incompetent, I'm not looking at it in an identity politics sort of way. I I, I don't care about that. My problem is that like you are fundamentally retelling Star Wars. I wouldn't like that scene any better if you made Leia a buffoon. It's not an idea of man versus woman or woman versus man. I don't want them retelling Star Wars. Star Wars in, in every version, every chapter, episode is perfect the way it is. Even The Force Awakens. Like I think at this point everybody knows my uh I don't want to say contempt, but my disdain, relatively speaking, to the rest of the Star Wars saga for The Force Awakens. And if someone came to me and said, you can redo The Force Awakens in any way you see fit, I wouldn't redo anything to The Force Awakens. Yes, as an armchair quarterback, is it fun to discuss what I could have done better? Last week, we talked about how we'd be fixing the prequel trilogy. Is it fun to discuss these things in like an academic... We fixed it. There's no need to... Don't exactly. discuss it anymore. We, we we did it perfect. We can close the book on that now. But no, but like when we do that on here, we are doing it as an academic exercise. We are not doing it because we are narcissistic to or so narcissistic to believe that our version is better. And the problem is that the people who will be watching this stuff, in yeah. The but what years foresight do, do we think? have of everything? We have the foresight of seeing what's become of everything. We have the foresight <laughs> of a possible fail. Or a lack of continuity-based trilogy prequels. I mean, yeah. Well, but we, yeah. we we have all that foresight adhered to us. So I mean, of course, we can look at it and be like, we could do this perfectly. Well, I, I but again, like when well, you talk about when we do when we're doing it, right? But yeah, it's it's it is an exercise in it's armchair in, quarterbacking. That's what it yeah. is. No, like when we're doing, that's the thing that I know, like a couple, well, we recorded it last week. You've heard it now two weeks ago, but like we were talking about something, the rise of Skywalker, kind of doing our editorializing on it. And I think it was like, I think Zanger said something like, oh, like, isn't that what we do? And I'm like, yeah, but nobody takes this seriously. (laughs) And that's what it is. Like we are doing this, like, I guess I should say for the record, like the reason why I wanted to do a Star Wars podcast was for the reasons I don't, I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast before, but the reason why I wanted to do a Star Wars podcast is like I never did did to get rich. I never did it to become like like, a, like one of the brand uh, we want to call it Zanger professional Star Wars fandoms. I I, I did not want to be yeah. one of them that has like half a million subscribers on YouTube. Never yeah, did it for that reason. The only reason uh. why I did that. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe that's why. Maybe I shouldn't tell Zenger this. I mean, well, I still have him at blaster point, so maybe maybe I'm finally confessing my feelings to my hostage. Oh, um, no. This will be this will be the real test. See if Zenger finally runs out of the. Uh, like, what's it called when you have somebody? I guess what hostage situation. <laughs> um, uh, oh, is, is there uh, a Stockholm syndrome. 
Well, is there a room for like the location that you hold somebody in? I guess, I guess your 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 prison. I don't know. There must be yeah. a term for that. No, but the reason why I started this po- podcast or want to do a Star Wars podcast was I used to. I think I've mentioned a few times on here that I was really like active on the Rebel Scum forums for a couple of years, and back during the Rogue One reshoots controversy and i think at this point i i zenger makes fun of me i know my film history i know when things are things are things seem wrong there's kind of like a, a bad taste in the air during a movie's production and i would i think i i'll link to it in the show notes if you want to go see it but i sat there like for the whole rogue one reshoots thing i wrote like this huge not huge but like this six paragraph long response citing like news like credible news articles from like the hollywood trades not like garbage like fan blog sites being like this is why things aren't good like referencing referencing things like uh suicide squad Fant four stick, like all these things, like how reshoots for a movie are never a good thing. And I did this very long, I don't want to say expose, but it was like six paragraphs long. A lot of effort went into it. And the very next comment I got was, um, you, you don't know anything. And that was it. No, no, I I wrote this six paragraph long thing. I got told you don't know anything. And so I'm like, I literally like respond to this person being like, I, again, not that I repeated myself, but I'm like, okay, if I don't know anything, then like I cited all this stuff again. And then the follow up from the same guy was, you don't know anything. And I blanked your mother. And I'm like, what is the point? I'm like, you have so many idiots out there editorializing and just again the blind leading the blind this is before fake news became a, became a really hot buzzword but you have so many people in the star wars fan and they're just wrong and i'm not talking about like from like a, a perspective on opinions you can dislike the last jedi as much as you want nobody's telling you you have to like the last jedi but it's the idea of you can't say like the last jedi is 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 bad because i didn't like it you can't say this guy's wrong about the Rogue One reshoots because I don't know anything about it. So anything he says is just wrong because I'm 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 a hundred percent ignorant, and that's kind of why I did this. Was that like I just wanted a platform to to do this, but at the same time though, going back to scene thirty eight and like Galaxy of Adventures, that's the thing that kind of and going back to also what Zenger was saying about the idea of. Um, when we say our opinions, like when we do, like when we're fixing the prequels versus what these people are doing, is like when we say we're fixing the prequels. If somebody came to Zegger and I said, like, okay, here's a billion dollars, go do the prequels as you best see fit. Zegger and I would go, that's great, but can we keep the money and do something else? Maybe finally make a Knights of Vader clubhouse. I don't think <laughs> ever. I don't think if Zegger and I ever had the creative power or license, we would try to redo the prequels. It's the idea that like these people, I imagine that the guys who mean who made scene 38, if Lucasfilm went to them, it's like, we want you to do this, we're gonna give you an unlimited budget, we want you to add this into the into the film, they would say they couldn't sign the dotted line fast enough. And that's the problem, is that people out there think they are better than Star Wars. They think they can do it better than the maker. And I mean that in the sense, in both a literal and a facetious sense, in Star Wars term of the maker. And, and I think it, part of it is not just with the Star I don't think it's toxic Star Wars fandom. I think it's the narcissism of today's culture, is that everybody thinks they can do it better than what came before them. And I don't think that's true. I think if you gave somebody all the money in the world and said, we want you to make another movie like Star Wars, again, think of all the times Disney has tried this. Look at all the times every studio has tried it. Look at the, like we talked about earlier with The Mummy. 
like two, 1999's The Mummy with Brendan Fraser was a surprise hit of 1999. And then in 2017, Universal tried to make The Dark Universe. And because it everyone's about universes now. Exactly. But um, but the point is, is that like just because you can pour all the resources into something doesn't mean it's going to work. It doesn't mean it's going to become iconic. And I think that's kind of the same thing that it's going on with Holly. And, and that's part of the reason why Hollywood's even more reactive than when it was 20 years ago. And it was even not as bad as it was even 20 years prior to that. We keep getting further and further just reactive and figure we have to give people what they want or else they won't come. No. How you get people on board is predicting what you think they're going to like two, three years in advance and giving it to them before they even know that they want it. That's what good marketing and idea generation stems from. It's not getting people what they want in the immediate sense. That is essentially when it comes to movies. Movies are designed two years prior to release. If you're making things for contemporary audiences you're going to be behind the curve basically two years perpetually and and that's why it's so weird like that's the reason why some things like the marvel cinematic universe clicked when it did it was ahead of the curve think about it. the avengers came out the same year as the dark knight rises when when the summer of 2000 like Zenger can tell you in the spring of 2012 everybody kind of assumed the dark knight rises was going to be the biggest film of 2012 Right, Zanger? Like that was the oh, it movie. Ah, uh, the good old days. But you agree with that though. The, the Dark Knight Rises was the the one that everyone was kind of anticipating more than the Avengers. Yeah. And then guess what? The Avengers comes out, and guess what? All that four years of dark, gritty comic book sequel with a realistic thriller vibe went out the window as of May fourth, two thousand twelve. It went all out the window. That's not to say that The Dark Knight Rises wasn't successful. It was. But The Avengers blew it away. Because guess what? Kevin Feige, Marvel Studios, and them all predicted it before. Predicted what people wanted before they even knew they wanted it. And that's why the Marvel thing is becoming stale now. Both in the sense of franchise building amongst movie studios. And even Marvel is that cinematic universes aren't it anymore. Nobody knows what's going to be popular two, three years from now. And that's kind of what we're in with Star Wars. It's like, think about it. A year a year plus from now, we're going to get the Cassian Andor series. A character, by the time that film came out, died four years prior in canon. It's like, who cares? That's not new. Star Wars should always be moving forward, even if the story takes a couple of steps back continuity wise that the prequels did it should be moving forward and in, in the sense of just like like how things change and that's why i have my disdain for the force awakens because it was an opportunity to take a leap uh, a giant leap forward with the cinematic culture and jj brought it back and that's why i really kind of hate him as a filmmaker is that he had an opportunity to do something that really nobody else could have done it's such a seismic event like star wars episode seven and he pondered it he asked the God pondered it when he had, I don't want to say he had complete creative control because I can only imagine the amount of committees they had breathing down his neck in 2013 and 14. But he had the power to sit there, do something, and he squandered it because that's just who he is. Off the soapbox. <laughs> I mean, you were getting pretty high up there, but I was just letting it ride. Thank you, sir. I was like, this is going somewhere because I got a rant later I got to do because I just remembered I have to respond to something, but that's. That's something for a little bit later. 
Um, but no, I mean, like, I, I, th- I think, I mean, if you haven't seen, I guess it's kind of weird to say now, but if you haven't seen this scene, definitely go check it out. I mean, for, for the, for the listener, I mean, give us your opinion on it. Do you think it's something that's awesome and cool or that maybe deserves a place among the star Wars? Like, canon discussion or is it something that's just oh that's cool you did that and that's as far as it goes fair warning to anybody in the facebook group if you think this belongs in canon that's an instant block from the facebook group i mean like like i said it's cool it's it's cool and everything but it's like it's just kind of like that's that's all it is to me it's it's cool and for the record, you're only joking about the instant block. You're allowed to have any penny you want. The only time I think Zenger agrees with me on this. The only time on this podcast we've ever said we don't want you as a listener is. Alrighty, folks. Sorry for the interruption, but for the next 40 minutes, Zenger and I will be going off on a tangent, and not just your normal. Knights of Vader tangent, but a special sandwich edition tangent. Get your pub subs ready. Yes, get your pub subs and Lord knows what else and get your own Zenger hoagie and let us know, you know what, just listen to it and suffer with us. There's Star Wars talk in there somewhere. If you don't agree that Publix makes the best subs. That is true. We've said that. That is true. That's the only way you will get. God dang it. Why'd you say that? I need a pub sub now. I know they're amazing. I need a pub sub, and there's no Publix near me. Uh, you're, you know what? You're at least further south than I am. I'm at least like what a couple hundred miles north of that. Yeah, but they don't, don't they weirdly creep up like the east east coast? No, no, they're they're a firmly a southeast chain. You have a better chance of hitting. A okay, pub. hold if, on. If we both on, started south right now, you get there before me. There's one in Fredericksburg. Oh, really? Virginia. That can't be right. Go look on their look on their website. I, like, I like, am like actual public, not like a Google. Oh my god, no! It's for real. Oh my god! Zenger's <laughs> going to pause the podcast right now as he goes and gets a uh, public sub. Hold on, hold on. I mean, they're closed. It's only <laughs> two hours away from me. No it's, way! It's, I thought they'd be further. Zanger's daughters wake up tomorrow and it's like, Mommy, where's Daddy? Daddy left in the middle of the night to go get a public stuff because he found out they're only two hours away. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. It's so good. <laughs> but yeah, oh, you I, can't even get it on Google Earth because they were in the process of building it. Oh, oh, okay. Well, there That's you go. how new it is. There's a Taco Bell beside it, though. Doesn't even compare. It doesn't, but still. But yeah, Zenger agrees with me. On, that's one thing Zenger and I are in agreement on. If you don't think public subs are the best, get out. Get out right Pub now. Subs. We don't want you here. Pub subs. All right, let's see what the next closest one is. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Public Proximity <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Where we podcast find out how, we, cl- <laughs> how close about the, the nearest Publix is to your residence. <laughs> <laughs> It's just Zenger uh, typing in random zip codes into the searcher and telling you, if you live in uh, Topeka, Kansas, the closest Publix is 1,200 miles away. I mean, Alabama. It's, I mean, the next closest one to me would be in Richmond area. Richmond apparently is pretty dotted with them. Very dense Publix area. Uh, I mean, denser than around here, around you. 
technically. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, my freaking Nowheresville, New York, neck of the woods. Oh, wait a second. This one's only an hour and 40 minutes away. They're getting closer, Zanger. They're getting closer. Why is there a route that takes me to New York? I mean, oh, (laughs) oh, it takes me to D.C. to take a train to to there. I see. I see what it's trying to do. Okay. That will only take nine hours. It'll still be worth it, though. It will be worth it. Zanger, we need to record. You need to, like Zanger. If you and I ever meet up, we have to do it in a public. So we'll record the episode in a public as we're eating lunch, <laughs> as we're eating pub subs. And it's worth knowing for anybody who doesn't live like in the southeast. Like, there's no tables. Like, you have to live. It's just us standing and just crudely eating a ho- uh, sandwich. As you're, we're you're about there. to say, hoagie. I'm I proud. said hoagie. I'm, I'm proud of you right now. Yeah, as always, I always do sandwiches as hoagies. But I know, like, it's weird because I have a deli like right by my house. And like they have no idea, like, but because they always look at you, they're like, "Do you want a wedge?" And I'm like, "Like a piece of wood, like to put under a door." <laughs> and I'm like, "No." And it's like they're like, "No, like 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 a full sandwich." And I'm like, "I guess." And I'm like, "There's hoagie, submarine, sub, hero, footlong." Hero is another one that they use. Well, that has more of a context now for like the Greek. Oh, it like, does like, like, now. Okay. Oh, right, by my neck of the woods. When you say you want, like, like, like a, 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 oh, oh a hero, a hero, hero. That's okay. I'm sorry, hero, hero. gyro, hero. Yeah, yeah. hero's how I. Oh my I gosh, I, I, I am the funnest person to order those when I go to Arby's. By the way, I'm like, can I get that gyro, hero, gyro thing? <laughs> I just say every name, so I got it covered. Folks, this is what happened. Folks, there's the Publix happen- near me that when I go down on vacation. I get folks, to. It's only folks. six hours away. Okay, I'm going to try this one more time. Folks, this is what happens on this podcast when we don't have a set topic. We, we devolve into a conversation about how to pronounce different like colloquialisms for sandwiches and the location of your nearest Publix. I wonder if Publix would sponsor a Star Wars podcast. Well, that'd be great. Knights of Vader. Publix presents Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. So they'd have to like ship me a fresh pub sub every time we record so i can eat it i wouldn't even care about that i like the idea of having like i would pub- care about that we we i would we appreciate care that, about that deeply i would appreciate but i don't need it no we we need to care about it deeply so that they'll <laughs> send it to us otherwise they won't and then we'll, we'll be the laughing stock of the podcast community so it'll be like you had a chance I like that i, I think I, I always had two choices i wanted the podcast sponsored by two companies it's either Publix. Or uh, Marlboro, one or the other. Not just Publix, the pub sub, just the pub subs. Not, oh, just, not just that department, just the place where they make you this, make the yes, sandwiches. Just the deli. <laughs> well, it's not even the deli; it's like its own little like area of the deli. It is. It's 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 like this area you go to, and it's like the most magical thing on earth. And, they, <laughs> and you take a number sometimes, or you just stand there. Like, see, this is the part, like, in the hostage, like, crisis where the captor and the captive start to bond. Because <laughs> Zenger's calling, like, public sandwiches magical. And I think that's a word that even, like, I didn't think I would use that word. But now that he's mentioned it, I think that's a new adjective I'm going to use from now on. For, for the magic of a pub sub? Oh, they're incredible. And then the best thing is I can only get them when I'm on vacation, too. That's the other reason I think them being, like, something I cannot get on a regular basis makes them so amazing. Well, oh god, I hope we forget to get into this topic. We have to get back to Star Wars. Eventually. 
eventually. You know, what, folks, we're allowed to take a break. We talk about Star Wars like like we do like sixty episodes a year. We're allowed to sit there, vent a little bit, and talk about sandwiches. For once, we're allowed to get off topic, and I'm not gonna have to crudely cut it out of the episode, which I probably will end up doing while I'm editing this in a couple of days. <laughs> but no, it's it, it's interesting that you mentioned the fact of uh, magical because like when I used to live in Florida, like I had a public within like practically walking distance of my house. And like, I, oh God, that's all I, it was, we had two good sandwich places, Publix, like in later years, but the first one we had this really good blimpies, like a really like back when blimpies. That's a dated reference. Yeah, I know there's not a lot of blimpies anymore, but this was back like in like the nineties and like the early two thousands where they still like, they still had a name, but even like in my, like, like right before I moved, like that blimpies like changed hands or changed ownership a couple of times and it wasn't as good, but I uh, know blimpies was like made like really good sandwiches. And then like in the later, like couple of years while I still live in Florida, uh, like Publix was like, wow, they were really like kind of stepping up their game. They made it like for a good price. They made a nice sandwich. Mm-hmm. It, and then, um, like even cause I've gone back to Florida a couple of times and every, since I used to live there and every single time I do that, like I have to, like at the last two times, I actually had to like sneak away to, like, and get there to order a sandwich and eat it while nobody, like, the people I was around with didn't know I was doing it because like, oh, because like whatever we were doing, like there was never time to go to Publix. And so I have to like, kind of like sneak the sandwich and nobody knew about, it, which kind of add even more to the allure of it. It was like, as if I was doing something I wasn't supposed to, it was like a, a naughty factor in there. I, which I adds just... to the magical nature. Like, it's one of those things where whenever I go down to visit family, um, they're always like, oh, we're just going to go to Publix real quick. And finally, I discovered the magic of a public sub, and they're just kind of like, adds a whatever thing. And I'm like, it is the <gasps> most magical thing in the world. And I'm like, I think this is because people who have it near them get spoiled by them. You Folks, never take Publix for granted. Never somebody- take Publix for granted. I want people to know I live in the Northeast. I have like five grocery stores by me and they're like all different, like varying degrees of not great. Like there's some that Damn are them. awful. Well, the one I hate the most is called tops. The okay, one I, not, I hate that's the that's second most. One. Yeah. Shop, right. Don't like shop, right. There's a fun, there's a really fun story about the time I tried to buy a lot of cereal from shop, right. But I can't get into that now, but just, just a preview of that story. I was told the phrase, it's illegal for you to buy that much cereal. Um, (laughs) That's not a joke, by the way. I was told that. Um, Three, (sighs) these ones, I kind they're they're, they're pretty nice, but they have their, like, their ups and downs. There's Price Chopper and Stop and Shop. Uh, These are, like, really, like, (laughs) odd ones. Yeah, yeah price, super regional ones. Yeah, price shoppers like price shoppers. I think is like headquartered in Albany, New York, and the best one that we have that's like a national, not national, but it's like a it's a regional chain is Hannaford. Hannaford's really good, and not 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 near me at all. No, you wouldn't have that. And there's um Adams, and Adams is kind of like our own. There's only four of those, and they're um they're kind of like our own version of Stu Leonard's. You, you're saying words I know mean things. somebody some okay. So somebody's nodding their head. You want you want me to do my turn now? If Eric is listening, and I know he does, because I made some comment about him a couple of weeks ago, and he got mad. I mean, like I made like a comment about him defending Man of Steel. Eric knows what Stu Leonard's is, and I hope wherever he is, I hope he leaves me a a, twi- a tweet or an IM or uh, some other whatever the some kids are doing these days. He's gonna meme you. Yeah, whatever the kids are doing these days, something about Stu Leonard's. But no, I guess the like, Adams is kind of like a like a local version of like a Whole Foods. That's um, what it is. It's kind of like like a, like it's not small, but it's kind of like a very 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 like regional specific part of the con- of my area, the Hudson Valley. That's like a Whole Foods. 
Let's see. Near me, we've got the the Audi that they just put in. Oh, Aldi's? Yeah, there. Yeah, we, yeah, the, we have the, one of those. The, the Audit they just put in. Wow. Don't know what that is. Audit? <laughs> Don't know what that is. Um, We got that they just put in, which I've gone to like two or three times, but they're just like discount stuff and whatnot. D- discount yet somehow more pricier sometimes than other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kroger, which I need to go to because apparently it has one of the robots wandering around in it. What does that mean? The... There's this, okay, so the Krogers have had this thing, and this, this is vaguely Star Wars related because it's talking about autonomous robots. It's a robot that's, like, there to help you, and it's, like, this just thing that just drives around. It has googly eyes, and I wish I'm making that up, but it actually does. I will go to Kroger tomorrow and take a picture of it. Please do. Then put it in the Facebook group, and then two weeks later, people have to scroll <laughs> people to, like, 40 posts it. to find it. Um, then there's Martin's and, of course, Food Lion and, yeah. I, I know Kroger. I know Food Lion. I don't know Martin. Martin's. Martin's is, I think, like it's 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 named like giant or it's owned by Giant Foods or some oh, some so one of them major giant. brands. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. But they but they 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 like have subs and stuff in there. But they're not made fresh. They're they're in this box and you get it, you eat it, and it's sad. So like this yeah. could be so good, and you throw it at somebody. It's not what I did the other day. <laughs> Yeah, like it's really, it's kind of hard to come by now even to find like a place that makes like honest to God like good sandwiches. Like it's really, like unless you know like a really good deli and then you're going to you, pay for it. I need to find one. I want to find a good deli. I want to find a deli I can walk into. I want a sandwich named after me. I have the perfect name for it too. I know Ooh, that, yeah. I, I know that there is the Zinger sandwich at Kentucky Fried Chicken. I know it exists. I've eaten it. It's a thing. <laughs> I understand that, but it's I just want not one that is spelled. You. I want one that is spelled my my way, and I want that sandwich named after me. Like that is my my um, curb your enthusiasm life goal of of like what I want. I want to have a sandwich named after me. I feel like it's like a Homer Simpson goal. I do imagine like it's like you and Ellie, and you like, like I don't know, like ten years from now, you know, it'd be like Ellie. It's my dream to insert random thing here and she's like no it wasn't your dreams have a sandwich named after you and you had it done five <laughs> years ago at the local there's like a picture of me on the wall like accepting the sandwich and everything and it's, it's a newspaper clipping that's yeah. like, like, like mounted to like a frame or something yeah and i was like oh that was that that was a fever dream of a madman who ran a podcast <laughs> Oh, that's that should be another challenge for the Facebook group. I want everybody to figure out what like what sort of sandwich would would, would be named after Zenger. Like, what would a Zenger sandwich be? I have my own interpretation, but I want to see what you guys can come up with. Because I will get friendly with the deli around here. I need to find a deli, then get friendly with it to get it named after me. That's a fun idea, Zenger. Like, is that, it's like a life goal. I like that. That's something we can all kind of get behind. I mean, does, does it have to just be a deli, or can it be like, I mean, like... An Italian food place. See that is the thing. How it could much? Be anywhere, I guess, as long as it's a sandwich that's named after you. There's really like I think guess that's the only kind of like criteria. Just just get a sandwich named after you. Because I was gonna say I could probably get an I'm a food named after me quicker, but I mean, <laughs> I'm a food. Like they find like a new vegetable. <laughs> I'll, I'll, meant, take, I'll, take, I'll take a pound of zanger. <laughs> I'm, I meant like a pizza or something like that. I might be able oh, to do quicker, okay. but um. But no, I mean, I I want that done now. I want to get like, 
I just feel like I just got to go into some place and just eat there constantly, but always have them customize the sandwich until eventually they just go, you know what? To make it easier, we just name the sandwich after you. You have, to, you have to move to like New York for a couple of years and find like a deli and just keep going. Because I can see like on the travel channel being like, like one of those things like like man versus heart attack and eat like 18 <laughs> like pizzas at once. And it's like, yo, they ha- we have this sandwich called the Zenga. And it has like pastrami, roast beef. It's got provolone, a pickle wedge, a pickle spear. And it's like all topped with like four things of like fried mayonnaise balls. And it's like we call it the Zenga. And it's like he watches like 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 kind of like morbidly obese man on like Food Network like try to like eat it in one bite and like that's that's why I like to imagine it's something like that it's some like horribly unhealthy like food item I would not have it any other way to be honest <laughs> if it doesn't give you a heart attack it's not doing your jo- if, job right if, if if you do not have complications after eating it <laughs> it is not the right right sandwich for you then the sandwich comes with a warning from the Surgeon General <laughs> it does. I'm going to point out, I feel like there should be, it's some kind of spicy something. Mm. Got something spicy in there. Something with like, what, like, what is that, ghost pepper? Like a little bit like some no, ghost pepper no, no, no. flakes or something? I mean, it could, but I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, like, maybe like, 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 it doesn't come with just regular mustard. It comes with like the extra spicy mustard or something, like... Mm. Gotcha. Try, trying to figure out. I I don't know. I need to put some thought into this. I, I don't want to do this just, just off the top of my head right now. This, this this is something I'll come back to in a week and maybe have a conclusion. And we'll also be able to respond to people in the Facebook group on this. Just like I'm going to respond to with now. With the Vanderclass Star Destroyers are chump change compared to the superiority of the Imperial Class Star Destroyers. Putting it you mean, out there. You mean Vantor? Yeah, what did I say? He's like Vanderpump or something. I don't know. All I'm Close saying enough. is they, they are obviously superior. They are larger. Understand they have more, blah, 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 but no, the, the ones were designed for war. These were designed to keep the peace. Of course, they're not going to be as armed, but they're going to be just as freaking deadly. I forget why I was looking. This is a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, because you I, posted this, and I'm like, I need to respond no, to this. No, no, no. I think that was Jerry. Jerry in the Facebook group did that. Yeah, but you posted something on Twitter that 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 shot me into a blood rage as I was trying to get a sandwich named after me in a deli, and that's why I don't think it happened that day. There was one of those memes comparing the Venator Star Destroyer, and I think it was I, I, I'm I'm trying to look for it right now, and it was like comparing it's like Venator Star Destroyer versus a girlfriend and it's like can store 40 like, like oh god what was it can store 400 like starcraft girlfriend can store no starcraft it's like has dual bridges one for like a command bridge and one for like coordinating oh god starfighter yeah. assault yeah because it's, like, it's they they were basically see that's the thing you're comparing a battleship to an aircraft carrier essentially that's that's what you're comparing because the more modern the the imperial star destroyer is more of a battleship whereas the banner class was more of a like aircraft carrier because it was designed to basically carry tons of small troop i mean small transports and stuff and of course you know starfighters and everything whereas yeah. the other one was not designed for that because they did not need that gigantic arsenal of um Starfighters. Sorry, Ellie just walked by, I think. Hey, Ellie! <laughs> oh, poor Ellie. Ellie. She's dragged into this now. 
Do you know it's my life goal to get a sandwich named after me? <laughs> She's not responding because she knows it's just feeding into the craziness of the situation. Folks, that's she just gave me a look. I got uh, a look. Good, good, good. Oh, oh. oh, no. See, the worst part is she'll get the sandwich named after her. Oh, that's even worse. She'll steal your thunder. No, because her legal name would be King Zinger. And so the sandwich uh, would be named the King Zinger. I, th- I, I hate you, Allie. I, you know what? In all honesty, I think that's a fair enough trade. I think I think getting, getting a sandwich named the King Zinger is actually pretty cool. Yeah, but she'd, she'd hold that over me. See, she'd point to the newspaper clipping on the wall that, that, that has her holding the sandwich and me crying in the background. <laughs> now, that'd be great. Now, th- that's the sort of thing that you can't just... Uh, yeah, that, that's gold. It's this kind of thing you can't make up. It just kind of happens. Okay, I, get to find, I, I tried looking for this meme. Okay, what was it? Ventor uh, versus girlfriend. <laughs> yep, found it. Found it. Girlfriend versus Vanator Star Destroyer. This, this prote- is a productive of, um, area of conversation once again. <laughs> We're allowed. We're taking a break, folks. We can, we can I think about it. This podcast has been going on for over two years. We've never taken a week off. We're allowed to goof off one, <clears throat> once like every two years. We're allowed. Once. All right. At <clears throat> one time, as opposed to me every episode. <laughs> sure, sure. No, I'm allowed to goof off. Okay, this is the meme. Girlfriend versus Vanator Star... Uh, Vanator Class Star Destroyer. Girlfriend. Can protect herself with her nails, I guess. Vanator <laughs> class star destroyer has dual heavy turbo turrets, medium dual turbo laser cannons, point defense laser cannons, five heavy proton torpedo tubes, tractor beam projectors. Girlfriend can't lift much. Vanator class star destroyer can carry 20,000 plus tons. Girlfriend takes nine months to have a kid. Vanator star destroyer. Can carry 420 star fires and launch them in two minutes. Girlfriend needs food. Venator has two years of food aboard. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's get that's getting put to the Facebook group. That's getting put right now, folks. If you want to know when we record this, just look at when this get posted to the Facebook group, and uh, you'll know. Oh. You'll know. As I post to the Facebook group for like the 800th time, I'm the only. I feel like sometimes I I I, I annoy people. They'll see like, I get a notification on Facebook. They're like, "That's that jerk from that Star Wars podcasting group that I follow." I'm I'm sorry. It it has superior shields. It is a it, it is a battleship versus an aircraft carrier. I think that's a pretty good comparison, in the sense of like like what you're saying. It's it's like I know. I'm <laughs> The image for that is great. <laughs> Sarah just looked at the picture of the girlfriend versus the Vanator meme. <laughs> I know, it's a great thing. I, I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't sit there immediately repost it when I found it. And yeah, of course it would cost more. The Empire can run up whatever cost they want. They run the government now. Also, it's a bigger ship. And of course please, it only, what? Read, read the last comparison. The last one? Yeah, for both. It's literally just a gray triangle. Duh. I was actually listening to a podcast the other day that described a UFO sighting. They said it looked like the bottom of a, one of those ships from Star Wars. And I was like, oh, God, I automatically know which one they're talking about. Now, and then now, the other one says, there you go. sexy as f- design. <laughs> That's why they're putting a red stripe on it for Rise of Skywalker. That, that Venator, man, that is a, that is a sexy ship. So what are you going to do when there's an Imperial-class Star Destroyer with a red stripe? I'm going to be very conflicted. 
You should be. I I'll be know, perfectly fine. Yeah, so Jerry, thank you for posting that. Also, so. also, oh, it can land on planet services to deploy troops. It the freaking Imperial doesn't need to. It can freaking just sit there and just bombard aerial bombard the living crap out of whatever it needs to. It doesn't need to land to do what it needs to get done. Unless they have a shield and they just put down some ATATs and <laughs> whatever. And those aren't vulnerable to anything unless they have some speeders with ropes and hooks. I hate when that happens. Mm. Trent Landry Walker's on an icy planet and some uh, local kids take out their uh, tow cables on their ships and all hell breaks loose. Bunch of goddamn kids. Uh, I guess if there's anything that... else I need to respond to real quick. Well, no, there's one. Okay, I have, I have one for you. We got an email on the Knights of Vader uh, email account. But this one actually, it's kind of tied to um, uh, something that you weren't involved with. But a couple weeks ago, I did the review on the book Master and Apprentice. I was there for that. I slept yeah. through it all. Oh, yes, you were. You were very quiet that episode. That's why I said you weren't there for this. But uh, <laughs> sure. I, he was sleeping underneath the desk eating his public sub. Uh, no, so then this email we got from Greg. He says, uh, first, let me say how much I enjoy the podcast. After listening to your review of Master and Apprentice, I decided to listen to the audiobook. I have to say I really enjoyed it. Listening to the story confirmed to me something I've always believed for some time now, that Yoda was the worst Jedi in the history of the galaxy. He never realized uh -huh. Palpatine was the Sith Lord. He completely mistreated and mishandled the training of Anakin. And now after listening to this book, he voted against Qui-Gon Jinn to be on the council. Just wondered where the Knights of Vader stood on this opinion. Thanks for producing a podcast. It makes me laugh out loud. One of your devoted 15 listeners. Oh, man, we've got more. We're in the double digits now, Zach. We've made it. Uh, well, I asked, I responded to Greg and I asked him, I said, uh, uh, please let us know about the other four team. We'd like to know that they exist. <laughs> so, uh, no, Sanger, with that being said, what is your opinion on Yoda being possibly the worst Jedi ever? What? Because he didn't realize that. See, <sighs> he presided over the destruction of the Jedi. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm not trying to be rude to Yoda and everything or anything, but he's the best Jedi that we have knowledge of in our experience, like, see. But we're very ignorant. Yeah, we are. We're very Because we only, like, it was like, who was the coolest Jedi back in the day? Like, back during the original trilogy. We only had, like, three to choose from. Exactly. And now that we don't have three to choose from, there's, like, people are like, oh, Mace Windu was awesome. Or, you know, Kip Fista was awesome. Kiati Mundi. Is awesome. Slow See, we code. have all these exactly. We have all these other names. peoples to to choose from now. Like that one that looks like a shark head. Yaddle. There we go. No, they, Yaddle's the yeah yeah Yaddle's the other Yoda species looking thing. Did you ever hear the story about George Lucas and Yaddle? I'm gonna hear it now. I bet it was either Dave Filoni or Seth Green asked George Lucas during a meeting about Yaddle. George Lucas's response was. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is possibly the greatest response you could ever ask for from George Lucas about Yaddle. If I, okay, so we also want to put forth this other idea real quick into the fandom. If you met George Lucas, what would be the first thing to come out of your mouth to him? Oh, God, that, should, that could be its entire own episode. We, I mean, we could do it later, but just off the cuff. Oh, I mean, God, would I it, would, like, okay, are we talking about like facetious or being like genuine? I, I have to be one or the other. 
Well, okay. Well, for okay, for me, I couldn't like again. If I actually ever saw George Lucas, like I probably couldn't stop like shaking his hand. Like imagine like like uh, Paul Rudd and Captain America: Civil War meeting Captain America. Oh man, I'm still shaking your hand. Yeah, it it would be that. Because thank you for thanking of me. Like it it would literally be that level of just kind of like Uh, awe. uh. (laughs) But like if I could actually ask him like one question, oh god, I I I, I know what mine is. I would grab him and shake him and be like, give me the goddamn detours. (laughs) Of course, it'd be detours related. (laughs) But like, okay, that, but he actually, actually my, my, my thing would be George Lucas. I love your work on star Wars detours. Those never got released. Yes. Let me see them and I can comment (laughs) on them. That might be the first, like that'd be the weird thing. I probably George Lucas has never been asked by a fan about detours. That probably he would be so shocked. He'd be like, come with me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. If I, if I had to ask Lucas a question, it could be like facetious. It would have, like, I don't know though. It's like, like if I asked him something about the holiday special, he'd shut me down. Like that's the problem. And like any sort of like really like meaningful question he wouldn't answer probably. So like it'd have to be something that would be like intriguing, like stimulating to him on a mental level. And I don't know, like without like really like honing it like probably like days, weeks, months in advance, I wouldn't be able to do it on the spot. Like my first question is like shallows, it would be like, Mr. Lucas, can you say hi, it's George Lucas and you're listening to Knights of Vader? Like that'd be the saddest thing. I'd probably ask for some like promotional thing. Like that that's what it would be. Oh, so you I don't need him for that. Hi, uh, I'm, I'm George Lucas. I, I made um, American Graffiti, and you're listening to Plights of Vader podcast. <laughs> That'd be even better if he said the name of the podcast wrong. I would love it if he said the name of the podcast wrong. <laughs> I would actually ask him what he what what was he doing in Virginia back in the like early '60s. There's an image of George Lucas, and it's funny because I actually know where this picture was taken. And it's near where I live. Ooh. And I'm like, I've always wondered, because I saw it in like a documentary, and I'm like, wait a second, I know where those roads intersect. Like, I just want to ask him, um, what, what, like, did you live in Virginia? Were you filming something? I mean, obviously it looks like he was filming something, but now we wait for Zach to respond to this and be like, oh, Which, I know what? what this is. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, but I know that's Virginia because Route 42 and 11 both run through the town I live in. And you can see the mountains in the background. He's got a camera. And what's he doing? Also, that's super young Lucas, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, I know. Young young Lucas is kind of off-putting. I just always assumed he had a beard and gray hair and had a camera. And even even as a little kid, he was like that. You know what's weird? It's like, I know like by the time I was hearing as this. a kid? <laughs> well, no, that too, but... I, I, by the time everyone's hearing this, the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge like opening ceremony's been like over for two weeks. But at the at the oh god the opening, they had Lucas, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Billy D. Williams. And I like in all the pictures, everybody's smiling except for Lucas. <laughs> like in every picture, he's not. Wait, smiling. wait a second. Ford smiling? Oh, uh, maybe not. Okay, Ford <laughs> looks. Ford doesn't. Okay, Ford's not smiling. But he doesn't look as pain to be there as Lucas does, which is saying quite a lot, actually. <laughs> just, just for like, what have I done? Why am I here again? My character's dead. Leave me alone. Yeah. 
All right, Zang, I'm trying to think. Uh, what, what other things there to discuss? I mean, I've, I've responded what I need to, to, to reaffirm the, the thing that I know to be true, that, um, of course, Imperial Star Destroyers are the most superior Star Destroyers ever. They're even better than the First Order ones, because the First Order ones are like just giant open spaces. Yeah, I don't like the First Order ones. Not really, I don't like Look those. awful. Where, where's your Super Venator-class Star Destroyer? Exactly, it doesn't exist. But what's your opinion on the Venators without the red stripe? Disgusting. What about, remember that also there's another uh, version of, of a Republic Star Destroyer. What was it, the Acclamador class? Is it the one that's the step down from the Venator one? The one that only has the one bridge? Yeah, but that's like yeah. the one they had, like the one in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, it's just the one that they had at the beginning of the war until they switched it, until they started to transition into the other ones. Yeah. It didn't carry as many troops and wasn't as durable, I think. Do you, do, is there an opinion on that? Like, is there like a very strong opinion on that, or is just a, a, a shrug? Shrug. Okay. Because there, there, there's also multiple types of, of course, Imperial class star destroyers. There's like the there, there's the smaller one too that I cannot remember its name, but it doesn't. It's like it's a tinier version of the Imperial one. I think it's actually the same size as the Vander class. You know what? You could probably take it out. <laughs> Whatever you say, sir. Whatever you say. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. All right, Zanger. Uh, anything? Else? I guess like uh, anything else, or can we wrap up our scene two thirty seven talk? We can wrap up our scene two thirty seven talk with saying it's a cool thing. Yeah, it's uh, going back to scene thirty eight. It's it's nifty. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes if you haven't already seen it. And like I said, if you were part of the Facebook group, you would have seen it a couple of weeks ago. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's neat. I I still think it's a horribly flawed, or I guess the fandom's response to it is horribly flawed. But you know what? At least we're all going to hell in a handbasket. So yippee! All right, is there anything else Star Wars related? Um. I will save it. You will save it. Yeah, right, I guess because we're, we're have to do like something like Star Wars Galaxy's Edge soon because that's that's up and running now in California. It's not like people get a public sub, but he's not heading to California anytime soon. Pu- oh wait, no, of course they don't. I'm not going there. They don't have pub subs. <laughs> exactly. So we have to wait for uh, the one in Orlando to open. Then then we can kill two birds with one stone. We can we can ride the Millennium Falcon ride while we're eating a public sandwich. I, I will have multiple subs, just constantly just be eating pub subs. As you're flying the Millennium Falcon. Yes, I will get stuff on that console. So it concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out the Facebook group. As we've already mentioned numerous times, type Knights of Vader in the Facebook, and you will find us waiting for you. Find us on Instagram, KOV Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. For questions, comments, concerns, or sniping orcs, contact me, Zach, on Twitter, at Cinemodies, and come hear me on the Cinemodies podcast, where we'll be talking about... By the time you're hearing this, we've had actually two episodes out. You can hear us talk about 2014's Under the Skin, starring Scarlett Johansson. She is naked in that. Yes, she does get naked in that, but it's a weird movie, so it's not as erotic as you would imagine. And you can come hear us talk about 2018's Annihilation, starring Padme Nabiri, Padme Amidala herself, Natalie Portman, which which features a character named Ventress that's not played by Natalie Portman.
Interesting. I know it's all connected. Also, there's a white alligator in that movie, or crocodile. I don't know which. Yes, it's a crocodile with shark's teeth and uh, and man bear pigs in it. Wait, Al Gore or like actual man bear pig? It looks like a man bear pig. Okay, good. It's a weird movie, yo. It's a weird movie. It's just actually on Cinemodis for the entire month of June. It's the pure Cinemodis series. Every movie we're talking about is a, a definitive Cinemodi. And uh, what we do, because we can't talk about whether it's a Cinemodi or not, we discuss what the high school production of said movie would look like. Ooh, that sounds fun. Much like uh, what that high school in New Jersey did with the Alien movies. Yeah. <laughs> We were doing that. The Cinemati's restaurant has gotten so large, we are now funding uh, different high school drama clubs into producing um, adaptations of movies that no one's ever heard of. What do you want Cinemati's to be brought to you by? Technically, the Cinemati's podcast is sponsored by Mark Cuban. Like We go on Shark Tank every week and we pitch Mark <laughs> Cuban. He writes us a check. So I guess Mark Cuban. Perfect. Excellent. All right, Zenger, uh, what is, what's going on in the Zeng in this podcast? I know you've wrapped up your Indiana Jones series, so what's next going forward? Next will be, of course, our E3 coverage. Uh, there will be, we'll finally be doing a discussion on Disenchantment. The, the Netflix show? Yeah, the Netflix show by um, the, the most Simpson-y Simpsons thing that's ever Simpsoned. God dang, I watched that show, and it, it, it is my sense of humor, like, pushed to a million it feels at times, but yes, that, that, that discussion is coming along with, by the time you're listening to this, there should also be an episode discussing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Batman thing, that crossover animated movie that's coming out. I did not know about that. Yes, oh, there's yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. There's a crossover yeah, movie where, where, where Batman yeah. meets the Ninja Turtles. Cool. All right, Zenger, what's our moment of Zeng? Um, pour out a pub sub for me, and by that I mean find a way to ship me a pub sub. That wasn't about the Sonic movie, but you know what? Oh, wait, yeah, I forgot it was going to be about the Sonic movie. All right, take two. Zenger, what's our second moment of Zeng this week? Uh, they delayed the Sonic movie, so is this proof there is a god? One, two, three, four. Yes, it is. All righty, Zenger. Good night, but not goodbye. Send me a pub sub. Pub sub! Pub sub! Oh my god! Ah, oh, this is the greatest thing ever! <laughs> Singer, do you want to read that out loud for the audience? I'll, I'll, oh. I'll, I'll censor it each time. Okay. I'll put it in the show notes, too, so people can see it. Fuck you all for delaying the Sonic movie. I loved him just the way he was. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> it was perfectly perfect. He may not, he, he may not even... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we tried, folks. He got he, he tried. Um, if you want to know the rest of this, please. Uh... <laughs> if your speakers aren't already blown out, folks, I apologize. Oh man, oh, he may God. not even cross <laughs> in the movie in the movie anymore. Is this what you wanted, nerds? I'm fuming. <laughs> I'm foaming. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, it's hard to read when there's tears in your eyes. Laughter. 